Political List Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Nerd Square Circle po- uh, portion of Political List Radio. I have some interesting WWE, well, more than, than WWE. It's more like a World Wrestling Federation. Facts for you guys. And you guys, for my hardcore professional wrestling fans, this is not the shit that you've seen on YouTube. And, oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he likes to fly fish, and oh, Vader used to be penist, you know what I'm saying, and freaking who, you know, this person's relatives, are. no, these are interesting facts that you guys haven't actually put together or realized yet, okay, check this out, right, first off, Bret Hitman Hart, Bret Hart was actually born, Bret Sergeant Hart, yes, Bret Hart's middle name is Sergeant, according to Wikipedia. But I'm pretty sure his middle name is Sergeant, which I've never heard that before, and I hope that's actually wrong. Okay, this I know, the rest of it I know for a fact to be true, because I've actually came up with this myself and actually researched it, and I said, yeah, that's damn well true. Okay, now check this out. Greg the Hammer Valentine, right? In Survivor Series 1990, he was on the Million Dollar Team, which consisted of the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. For those who don't know, which if you're a professional wrestling fan, you should already know this. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the Honky Tonk Man, and the mystery uh, partner who was the debut of The Undertaker's 1990 Survivor Series. They were the Million Dollar Team. Now, also, Greg the Hammer Valentine teamed with Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and then Dino Bravo afterwards as the Dream Team. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? The Dream Team. Greg the Hammer Valentine was on the Million Dollar Man's team at the 1990 Survivor Series with Honky Tonk Man and The Undertaker on the Million Dollar Team. Who did they face? The Dream Team. Ironic, isn't it? And that consisted of, obviously, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, and the Heart Foundation. Now, British Bulldog and the Warlord have faced each other in every single pay-per-view in 1991. Believe it or not, which was only four. Royal Rumble in the Royal Rumble match itself. WrestleMania 7, they faced each other one-on-one. SummerSlam, they were in a six-man tag. I believe it was Warlord and Power and Glory versus Bulldog, Tito Santana, and Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. And that's off the top of my head. I'm good. Survivor Series 91, which was the last pay-per-view. They were an eight-man elimination match, and they were actually on the first uh, match itself. Bulldog was on a team with Roddy Piper, Virgil, and Brett Hitman Hart, which one of these do not belong. And they were facing, oh, because Virgil sucked, let's be honest. Don't go there. And they were actually facing the team of the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Irony. That's two years in a row so far that Ted DiBiase and Bret Hart were actually facing each other. Ric Flair, woo! Real World's Champion, baby. And who else? Warlord and the Mountie. So, all four pay-per-views in 1991, the British Bulldog and the Warlord, have faced each other. Okay, moving on. I bet you guys are like, wow, hope, hope, 
shit, this guy's good. What else does he have? Chris Jericho. Remember when he brags about beating Austin and Rock in the same night? Okay, well, he did, in fact, do that. But the only problem was, not only was he not the first person to actually do that, he was not the only person to do that. In fact, the first person, and up until Chris Jericho did it, the only person to defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night was actually Kurt Angle. And it was at Armageddon in a cell. It wasn't eight people or six people in a, in a hell in the cell. So I don't know where anybody got that freaking um, Mandela effect from. It was always Armageddon in a cell. It might have been Armageddon in the cell, but it was Armageddon. In a cell, or the cell. It was never freaking hell in a cell, or hell in the cell. Maybe that was a graphic once, but I personally don't remember that whatsoever. So that Mandela effect can get thrown right out the window. I'm sorry. It was Armageddon in a cell. In fact, I know that for a fact, because if you go on the earlier uh, PS2, if I'm not mistaken, video games of WWE, World, World Wrestling Federation at the time, they actually have Armageddon in a cell. They don't have hell in the cell. It's Armageddon in a cell. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Kurt Angle, way before Chris Jericho did it, defeated The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, and Rakishi all in the same night in Armageddon in a cell. So Chris Jericho was not the only person, and he was definitely not the first person to defeat Austin and The Rock in the same night. As much as I love Chris Jericho. Now, here comes a sad situation. Uh, back in the glory days of professional wrestling, there's a lot of great wrestlers that were that came from the state of Minnesota, and unfortunately, there's a lot of great wrestlers that died from the state of Minnesota. That itself, I'm going to try to have my own, you know, my own podcast on, but I'm just going to give you an example. Ravishing Rick Rude, he was from the state of Minnesota. Brian Pillman died in the state of Minnesota. Hawk and Animal were both from the state of Minnesota, passed away, unfortunately. Vern Gagne was born and died in the state of Minnesota. Eddie Guerrero died in the state of Minnesota. Mr. Perfect was born in the state of Minnesota. And it just, it, it's eerie because I've known this for the last 15 years or so when I was looking it up and I kept seeing Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. And it's like, this goes like way back too, way back. So many, so many professional wrestlers that have died at an early age or that have just, you know, let me rephrase that. So many wrestlers that have died at an early age have either been born in Minnesota or have died in Minnesota, which is very eerie to me. But hopefully in the future, you know, I could do more research and, you know, have more uh, facts for you guys. But that was, uh, that was my WWF facts for you guys, my World Wrestling Federation facts. And like I said, I wasn't trying to do the same facts and the same BS that everybody else was trying to do all over the internet because one person has a fact and everybody else already knows it, the diehard wrestling fans, 
but yet you see the same facts on every single podcast. You're like, dude, we already know the last 78 freaking podcast, before podcasts were literally phrased that, before social media was even a thing. Back in 98, I could have told you every freaking rumor and every, you know, coincidence or whatever. These are legit facts that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. Nerd Square Circle, Politicalist Radio.